Hello, this is Kim Davis and welcome to another one-on-one and we're going to do a deep dive today into the the brave new world of branding. My guest is Eric Jochumsthaler who is CEO and founder of Vivaldi. Welcome. Thank you, welcome. Now, you're an author, you're a keynote speaker, you have a long background as an academic, PhD in marketing I believe. You've been looking at branding in depth for a long time and we were just chatting before I hit record about how branding has changed, how it's been changing over the years from uh, brands coming out as driven by a product or by features of a product to, uh, let, let me let you explain it, a completely yeah. new approach. Yes. I, I actually get very excited about that because every 20 years or some, uh, the brand world changes, the way we build brands fundamentally changes. If you look long, long time back, I wasn't even in, <laughs> around uh, in the in the Don Draper days, if you oh, will, yeah. <laughs> uh, the golden day of advertising. It was brand was all about an image. You mm-hmm. created awareness and you created an image. You put a slogan there or some uh, a, uh, a brand character in order to be recognized or rememberable. Or you have a gesture like you're in good hands with all states, uh, uh, if you think those days. And it reminds you of some simple things and image that you have. And then came the era of emotion, in my opinion, is where we said, okay, functions don't just sell, we need to emotionalize that. The MasterCard came up with a priceless campaign. I think today we are in a new world. I call it the brand of sub- brand as substance. Mm-hmm. We actually, the brand creates substance to the product. Uh, that's the new era we are today. We are in a, we have, it's, it's literally the way we build brand is fundamentally changing as we speak. Now it's also very much um, something which brands now do in partnership with consumers because we're living in an age where consumers talk back to brands as there's a two-way communication going on. So explain to us how the consumer experience contributes to how the brand can present itself. Yes, in, in, up to now, br- consumers were always part of the equation, uh, uh, but consumers were the target. We even called uh, it positioning. We positioned toward the target, like we are shooting someone uh, <laughs> on a target, uh, practice, in target practice, if you will. And 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 the first era, brand as image and brand as emotion, were in other ways different forms of interruption marketing, interruption branding, interrupting the consumers in some way or form. That game has played its course. Then the way to build brands today is to is to uh, make consumers contributors uh, to to the brand. I mentioned the example of Tesla. Yeah. When you buy a Tesla, you are automatically become a contributor to the product, to the success of the product of Tesla. Every mile driven that you drive, Tesla analyzes, decides where are the charging stations, decide, improves the autopilot, which improves our, uh, highway safety. We, we have still a situation today where per day, a hundred Americans die in traffic accidents every day. And, 
and that's not remedied by just the improvement of the car. That's remedied in terms of building the world of Tesla, if you will, with self-driving car, autonomous car, the, 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 the autopilot that makes us in the world of where we are distracted with everything uh, a little bit more uh, safe, hopefully. And, and, and that's, the, that's the, the, the new world of branding. It, in a way, the consumer builds the brand. Right. Uh, this is very much based on data, isn't it? Because Tesla is able to do that, and I think we could think of many other examples. Amazon is an obvious one, because the consumer shares data back with the brand, and the brand learns from that data and improves the experience. Yes, and that that's really, I think, why I call it, it's not a brand, it's not an interruption marketing anymore. It's an, it's an, I hate the word engagement to, to say it, but it's it's literally, it's based, it's, it's instead of... Instead of brand as image, it's about intelligence. Intelligence meaning data, analytics, and technologies. And even and the key to, to this new world is is to, to find a way to get the consumers to participate. Yeah. In two weeks, we have uh, an event with, with Lego. The Lego experience, the pride of creation, the building and the joy of building is very much tied to the millions and actually billion views on, on YouTube channels right. of other kids around the world creating something, teaching their dads of what can be done with Lego blocks and, and, and sharing that with everyone. The, again, the value proposition and the brand promise of Lego is inherently connected with what consumers actually contribute to that experience. There's actually a community there, isn't there? A very large community. It's a community, and the beautiful thing is that the community is 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 it is not a community like uh, like uh, your your annual membership in AAA, which basically, if it doesn't break down, you don't even worry about it, <laughs> right. except for the payments. It is it is a community that is highly engaged yeah. on a daily basis. That is a conversation. That is part of part of life. It's sharing. It is and it's and and the value is of brand of the brand here is this intense interaction. The users, number of users, the uses and the usages on a daily basis and how it consumes your one thousand four hundred forty minutes we call them in the daily life you live. And it, it is it is beautiful how Lego and, and other companies create that space in, in people's life. That's the brand. It's clearly the case that for for many types of brands they're now competing as much on experience as on product and features. But is that true across the board, or are there still brands where the product basically wins regardless of experience and engagement and so on? Yes, I, I like to think that that's true, um, uh, that product features are still important. We call this the pipeline world. Mm -hmm. In a pipeline world is, is, is where, where there are functions within an organization and every function contributes uh, uh, features. Uh, the, the traditional way of building brands. I think, it is, I think it is still valid. But in a day and age we live, you know, if of many choices, of, of information overload, the, the, the complexity we live, the efficiency of a platform, of a brand in which you engage with consumers, the efficiencies are so high that they outweigh uh, the traditional feature 
type of branding and right. uh, that 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 you have. If you think, for example, a good example is you think of GoPro. Mm-hmm. GoPro was a superior camera. It has a superior feature. It's a small, you can mount it on anything, on your head, right. on your dog, and, and <laughs> whatever you want to. And you can sh- shoot your perfect experience in the, in the tunnel if, as a surfer, if you will, or down, downhill on a snowboard. Sure. You can't do that with a mobile phone. Uh, yeah, not, 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 not safely. <laughs> not safely. Uh, and so it definitely has a great feature. But the, but, and that's good. But how many times can you uh, compete on that feature? The feature is now copied by Olympus and by many other competitors. Still, GoPro is the a significant market leader. And guess why? Because GoPro is not about the hero camera. GoPro is about quick and quick stories. Is the technology which is attached to the camera, which allows you to upload in seconds your video it actually cuts all the video that you make or pictures Mm -hmm. you make finds the best one and without a touch it can actually post this online GoPro is one of the most visited YouTube channels and the reason and that community of 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 me show uh, one surfer showing to another surfer uh, the the stunt or what just happened on the water I think that community is the, it's really the fabric the connection the connectivity that creates the brand rather than just the feature okay and I know recently you've been researching um, network effects and exponential technologies and I think that's what that relates to what we've just been talking yes. about maybe you could explain those, those terms to yes the network effects is a extremely important concept today a network effect is when a product becomes more useful and more valuable because other people also use the product and this is a good example if if everyone uses a go you pitch um, makes pictures with GoPro right. and shares it on GoPro go the GoPro experience if you will becomes more valuable and that's that's uh, that's a network effect now here is the significance of a network effect and that is Network effects scale exponentially. Right. That means the more people participate, the more interaction there are, the more the um, the, the, the the value increases. So when we think of 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 Tesla again, and we say, okay, uh, we contribute our miles, but if everyone else contributes also the miles, and we drive that value in create value creation multiplies or exponentially and that's where the value comes in that's the reason why apple is so successful with the app store um because because uh, of the network effects and that's why nokia is no longer in the business um, and so forth yeah i just thought a compelling example while you were speaking would be facebook and google plus where one of the problems google plus faced is that everyone was on facebook and that's the exponential friending and friending and liking and developing a community. It's very hard to compete with a very big, fast-growing network like that. That's really what it is. It, it, there is we are now, for the first time in over a hundred years, or hundreds, a century, we are at the brink of an entire new competitive advantage. In the old day, the competitive advantage was the combination of features that was superior relative to your competitor. 
but and 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 BMW used to be the ultimate driving machine because it was more of a technology uh, performance luxury experience than any other car in the premium segment at the time. But today, those differences, those between BMW, Mercedes and Audi and perhaps a few other premium luxury cars is very minor. So the competitive advantage is no longer in the differences of the features. Right. Uh, the competitive advantage is now in that network effect. In, in the economists call this supply-side economies of scale versus demand-side economies of scale. And that is that shift that has taken place. It is taking place because because of the connectivity, the global connectivity, the, the, the costs of bandwidth, the cost of storage and, and, and cloud computing and all of those, all of those technologies combine and mesh together for the first time to create that, that ability to create a competitive advantage through network effects. Okay. I wanted to ask you about um, some uh, topic which came up in the discussion I recently had with Andy Cunningham on another uh, podcast. And she distinguished between positioning and branding, and she was arguing that the first thing a company has to do is to know what kind of company it is in terms of its positioning, whether it's um, a product feature, mechanical-based company, whether it's, she calls it, a mother company where people kind of love the brand and the image, whether it's a disruptive company. And then once you've decided that, then you can start to add the branding. Does that make any sense to you? I like the idea. Um, I don't. I haven't spoken to Miss Cunningham, sure. so I, I don't know the the full answer. The way I see it is, um, the way I see it is that today, think think of Tesla, uh, as we as we just talked about it. Why do you buy a Tesla? You don't buy a Tesla because you can't drive that far with it. You don't buy a Tesla because because you 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 save people on the road. You buy a Tesla because. Tesla positions itself in some future that we all kind of like. We all like to, nobody has an argument against that position. And, and, and we all think, we all believe in this right future. No fossil fuel, no CO2 <laughs> emission and all of these things. But at the same time, that's, that's true. But I'm, that alone will not do it. When you buy a Tesla, you also can go from zero to 60 in uh, three seconds or something you know, on, a, on, a, on a mass production car if you are lucky to get Model 3. So there is, there is, a, there is a, a position that Tesla assumes in the car industry that we all, it wouldn't be enough to make me buy the damn thing, but I, <laughs> I sort of am part of that in the action field of Elon Musk and Tesla. I like everything I hear. On the other side, it also creates a specific value proposition or brand promise for me today. Uh, and so that makes me buy a piece of that future. And, and so it's a complex world where we live in today where you need to, you need to branding almost has this dual objective. You need to do both. Yes. You need to do that position in the, in the world of Miss Cunningham and also to do that in, in, the, in the brand today. I see this time and again. Okay. And let's, um, just to finish up, let's talk a little bit about Vivaldi. Um, it's an independent consulting firm. Yes. What do you actually do with, with brands to help them to understand this environment they're in now? We, we spend a great deal um, helping companies, like an existing company, mm -hmm. 
to evolve into this new world. If you think right now, um, what you see is, is um, five of the top, if, of, the, of the most, five of the most valuable companies um, accumulate most of their growth these days on the stock exchange. You have, if you look at the five most largest platform companies, they are worth more than all of the ducks 30 company, which is the German wow. stock exchange, yeah. 30, 30 of those. If you look at, if you look at the last, f last 10 years ago, one of the top five companies, uh, our most valuable companies was the technology companies. Today, all five of them are right. technology companies. Uh, if you look at, if you look at the, the top 30 brands, there is a study by Milward Brown on the most hundred brands, 30 of them. 15 of them are brands that are built on, on this new world of demand-side economies mm -hmm. of scale and platforms, the, the, the discussion we had like with Tesla. Uh, uh, if you look at the, the unicorns, the, the billion-dollar <laughs> yes. companies and more, 67% or 73% are built on this very nature. So we, what we do at Vivaldi, we help companies to evolve from the traditional pipeline world, from the traditional feature world, into this new world of connectivity. And how do you build a business on the top of that? Um, just like Amazon does. Amazon is the other way around. Amazon started with the platform and builds now the physical presence underneath. Yes. Now, many companies, think of John Deere as an example. John Deere is a great tractor, is a great <laughs> combine yeah. that, that goes through the country and, and mows, if you will, land. <laughs> yep. But John Deere is also more. John Deere has now a what's called John Deere Open Platform, where it connects the data from farmers uh, across the land, this land, to get, and brings it together with seed providers, with ag tech companies that create software, with academics who provide opinions on and, and their research and on how to improve the productivity of the land, with fertilizer companies. And now with this new world of a, a digital ecosystem that, that John Deere builds, it's not just mowing great, great uh, the, the land, but it also is able to, to build a um, value creation through a connectivity in a larger ecosystem. And that's what we like to do because it has, if you start thinking about that, you, you, it changes the way you think about your brand. Uh, we had earlier the discussion on positioning versus brand. It changes way how you think of your portfolio. It really is irrelevant what the organization and the capabilities of the organization is. It's really more, much more relevant what capabilities you access across the entire ecosystem. Uh, John Deere may not be the best computer coders, but they can access ag tech companies that, that have that software capabilities. And, and so, it's, so, so the boundaries of the firm is changing. The way you build brands, as we discussed, is totally changing because farmers are not just the object of selling another tractor or right. service. Farmers now are part of the value creation. They contribute with other farmers and learn from each other. And John Deere is the orchestrator and facilitator. So it's a different way of how we measure the brand. Because now you no longer look for awareness. 
John Deere has well awareness, mm -hmm. has a great reputation. But now the question is, uh, for measurement of the brand, is, is to what extent John Deere is trusted to, pro to, to, uh, to, to, to receive those data? To what extent, the, what is the interaction between farmers and, and John Deere and, and that network of systems? So that's the kind of things we look at. Now, how do you, how do you in this new world, create competitive advantage uh, uh, through um, this, what we call platform economics? Yeah, fascinating. Trust, engagement, community, connectivity. All these words, words which are changing the way we think about brands. Eric, thank you very much for thank joining you. us. Thank you. Thank you indeed, Kim.